The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the best of talk of champions brought to you by Modern Woodman. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives. Securing futures. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. On with me now, former Ole Miss quarterback Bo Wallace, now coaching an assistant football coach at East Mississippi Community College. Bo, what's up, man? What's going on, man? How are you? I know I know that it's a coaching career for you now. I kind of always figured that that's where you'd end up, the path you'd end up going down. But when did you know that coaching was the the route you wanted to take? You got a cup of tea with the Kansas City Chiefs. The, the Canadian Football League called and wanted you to get into minicamp. Um, a couple of teams called and tried to get you into minicamp. Did you know pretty early on when you realized the NFL dream wasn't going to work out that you wanted to go into coaching and kind of uh, like what, what, when did you decide that this is something you really wanted to pursue? Well, I mean, my whole life it was either, you know, I was going to play, I was going to play good, and then I was going to coach. So, I mean, I think that I have to be around competition. I have to be around um, you know, my favorite thing is to scheme somebody up, you know, and I always knew that when I was in college and, uh, you know, I tried to be around the coaches as much as possible to, to learn and things like that. But I mean, my whole life, I knew I was going to play or coach, you know, so I was going to play as long as I could. And then 
and then turning into coaching because I have to have that competition. I have to have that get try to get better at something every day because um, you know when I when I left the Chiefs and you know I was kind of like what am I going to do? I stayed out of football for a year, and you know I knew that you know whatever I was doing was not going to fill that void or fill that hole that I had. So I mean I, I knew the whole time I was going to be a coach. What is Bo Wallace the coach like? I remember Bo Wallace the player because I covered you. What is Bo Wallace the, the coach like? Are you fiery? I mean, I, I honestly, man, I think you naturally take to the way you are coached. So I'm a lot – I feel like I'm a, a lot like Coach Warner. You know, I'm going to sit back and, you know, I'm not going to get in your face, cuss, yell, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm going to hold you accountable for all the decisions you make on the field and, and off the field and, you know, if I have to get in you, then, then that's what has to happen. And, you know, I thought Coach Warner was a great balance of that for me. And I think just naturally you, you pick that up from being around the guy for three years. And, um, you know, you had so much respect for him and learned a lot from him. And, I mean, the guy was at, at great places before that. So he's, he's such a football knowledge guy. Um, I think you just naturally go into that kind of mentality and personality when you get out on the field and, and it's actually, you know, your, your offense that you're running and things like that. Was Coach Warner pretty hard on you, though? I mean, when y'all were on the phone in the middle of a game, after you maybe made a mistake or did something he didn't want you to do, do you ever remember one time where he kind of uh, laid into you a little bit and you're sitting there on the phone just having to take it? Yeah, I mean, that was a couple times he did. Um, I remember in the Egg Bowl game, you know, when I had my, my, my ankle injury, I tried to throw one out of the back of the end zone. I threw it about two yards short and they pick it. Um, so that was a, a, a pretty good butt chewing on that one. Um, so, I mean, but that, that's what it was. He was very, I mean, when I needed my butt chewed, he, he did that. And when I needed, you know, say me and Coach Freeze may have been button heads at the time or something, he was the guy that was the calming voice of, you know, of reason and, and kind of, hey, man, just calm down next series and let's go get it, you know. But if that was a time where I needed my, my, my butt chewed, then, I definitely was getting that on the phone. Your recruitment was kind of weird as it pertains to Ole Miss. You and I talked during your recruitment. It's the first time I'd ever talked to you. And at the time, Ole Miss was kind of slow playing you a little bit. While Mississippi State comes with the offer, you come with to get other offers. And it, it kind of bothered you and your family that Ole Miss was so late. What kind of went into that recruitment, and, and what do you remember most about it? Well, I think you, I knew what they were doing. Um, Al, Anthony Alston was coming back. You know, he was coming out of pedal at the time. And he's a four-star quarterback, so I knew Freeze was on him. Um, so I remember, I, I, man, I took four visits in four days. I was in, um, I was at Mississippi State. Then I flew to Indiana for the day. Then I flew to Baylor for the day. Actually, three. I was scheduled to go to Texas, but that's when McCoy uh, decided he was going to stay, and uh, that's when I didn't go to Texas. Uh, so they canceled my visit. So I actually took three visits in three days, um, and then I remember being on the airport. This is right after Alfred, uh, same day Anthony said that he was going to Southern, and that's when Freeze offered me. But I knew that I wanted to own this offer. I knew that I had been wanting to play there since, you know, my first visit there in my freshman year when Ken Austin was the OC. Um, I just fell in love with everything about it. Um, so, And then I knew they needed a quarterback. So that was the biggest thing. I knew that was my best chance to play. I wanted to play in the SEC. I didn't care that they were 2-10 and and – you know, all the academic stuff, because I, I've been with Freeze, and even though it wasn't the best at Arkansas State, I believed in him. I believed that he was going to turn the program around, you know. When everybody, I can remember when they hired Freeze, and everybody was up in arms, like, man, are we really hiring a Sunbelt guy? I was just, 
I, I still knew he was going to turn around the program. Um, he needed a quarterback, and I needed a place to go, and it was just a, a perfect fit because I knew the offense. I was just saying, are you going to change the offense? Are you going to change the terminology? So I went in there, you know, heads above, head above heels above everybody else because, you know, I knew what, you know, dog meant. I knew what cat meant. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I went in there with a, a, a leg up on everybody. You and, and Coach Freeze were asked about this all the time. Y'all always mention like y'all's relationship because it was sometimes a roller coaster of a relationship. Why was that? I mean, you said at Arkansas State it wasn't that great. Um, Coach Freeze has even acknowledged at Arkansas State it wasn't that great. Here y'all were both y'all both got into it about stuff all the time. What was it about y'all's relationship that made it so up and down? Man, I, I, I was. I mean, my first two years there, I'm not going to act like I was the most mature kid in the world. You know, and I think that he didn't want his quarterback to not be, and, and I mean, not the face of the program, but I mean, I mean, the quarterback of an SEC school, he didn't want me acting the way I did sometimes. And, and looking back, I was very immature, you know, probably my sophomore and junior years. And then, um, you know, my senior years, you kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, like, man, I got 13 games left, you know, let's, let's pick this up. Let's start acting right. Let's, that's when our relationship really uh, took a turn for for the best. Was was my senior year, and that was our best year together. Because um, I think he saw, you know, how much I wanted to grow and how much he could help me. Um, and then, I mean, I was just a guy that spoke his mind. You know, if I didn't like what was going on, I kind of told him, or, or you know, told somebody. And uh, sometimes that would make us clash and things like that. But I mean, it was never a time where. I didn't want him to be my coach, and I feel like that was never a time that he didn't want me to be his quarterback. So, you know, that was an understanding there that, man, we might butt heads, but we need each other. You know, you're trying to, to win as many games as possible and take care of your family, and I'm trying to compete my tail off. So, I mean, it was always a we need each other, but that was definitely some button heads. When it comes to, to importance for a program, you can easily stake your case for being one of the most important in Ole Miss history for what you meant for where Ole Miss was. If Bo Wallace doesn't commit to Ole Miss and sign with Ole Miss and come in and produce from day one as a quarterback, there's no way Ole Miss goes from two games two games one in, in, in the previous year to seven and six and the BBVA Compass Bowl in the next year and then go on and continue to, to win games from eight to nine to ten. Uh, culminating the Sugar Bowl in 2015. Did you kind of take on that responsibility? Did you know the gravity of, of what y'all are trying to do and the important role that you played in that? Uh, no, honestly. Um, you know, looking back on it, I, I, I see that. Um, and, and But when I first got there, no. You know, I was my, my biggest concern was win the starting job, you know, because it, it went all the way up to the week of the game. I was trying to win the starting job and then played well, you know, the first and you know, all of those games until, you know, the, the, the shoulder injury and things like that at Tulane. So, um, but no, I didn't realize the, the, the magnitude of what I needed to do and where that program was. I knew it wasn't in a good spot, but I also didn't think that, you know, we were going to win, win six games the first year because, I mean, that team, my sophomore year, uh, we played so hard. That was, that was probably the hardest. The, t- the team that I played with in my life that played the hardest, because we overachieved. I mean, let's be real. We overachieved with the guys that we had. I mean, 57 scholarship players. Um, so I-, I didn't realize the magnitude at the time. But, um, I mean, looking back on it, I definitely see it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I-, I chose Ole Miss, you know, for sure. For that reason, 
um, to, to be the first team to kind of, I mean, get us back on track, get us from the, from the cellar of the SEC. When you were competing for the starting job, everyone knew that yeah. you were going to be the guy. It was you, Barry, and Randall. Randall was not really a quarterback anymore. Barry, God love the kid. He was a great kid, but he, he, he struggled in the passing aspect of it. How much of a competition was it really? I mean, to me, it was a competition every day because <laughs> they still hadn't named a starter. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and, I mean, I wanted to be the starting quarterback so bad, and Barry was working really hard. And, and I mean, to me, I felt like I was the best guy every day out there, but I was wondering, like, why are y'all not naming me the starter yet? You know what I mean? So that that was just where I was at and until they named me the starter. And then after, I just had to keep working, you know, because, like you said, I felt like I was the starter. You know, I felt like I was making the plays. I felt like, especially in the scrimmages, when, when, when things were live, I was the one moving the offense and things. So, to me, it was kind of like, why are you not naming me the starter? You know, let's go ahead and do this, and let's give me the one reps, and let's do this where I don't have to wait till you know, game week to, to know that I'm the starter and, you know, kind of get that long, or, or that monkey off my back of trying to win the job. Just go ahead and tell me. So, you're right. I mean, I, I, I felt the same way. Like, why are you not naming me the starter yet? When you looked around that first day, spring or maybe in, in August and fall camp when it rolled around and y'all looked around, what what were the thoughts in terms of the talent that y'all had available? Did y'all think, this might be tough? Well, I was so naive to it, you know. I was just happy I was in the SEC. You know, I, I came from Pulaski, Tennessee, signed at Arkansas State, and then went to junior college. Not, You know, my goal was to always be an SEC quarterback, but um, when I got to school in Mississippi, if I told you that I knew that we were going to yeah, if I was going to throw for 4,600 yards and 53 touchdowns in junior college, that would have been a lot. You know, I, I played with awesome guys in junior college. Who, I mean, let's be honest, when I got to Ole Miss, some of my receivers here were more talented than we had there. And I'm not downing anybody or anything like that. It's just the truth. Um, and so, I mean, when we got there, I was just naive to it. I didn't know what an SEC athlete looks like. You know, now looking at what the team looks like now and what it, but like when I got there, totally different. I mean, totally different looking athletes. I mean, just when they walk around and run. I mean, we were not very good my sophomore year. And like I said, that sophomore year group, um, you know, they're special in my heart because we overachieved. We played together. We played as hard as we could. Um, I can remember that sophomore year before the Mississippi State game um, where we beat them pretty good. I mean, that week of practice, trying to get those seniors a bowl game, you know, we were five wins, and so we beat Mississippi State. We go to a bowl game. That was that was one of the best weeks of weeks of practice that I was around at Ole Miss because we wanted those seniors. We wanted that six, that six win for those guys, and uh, you know, I'm glad we were able to do it. Is the highest high potentially that overachieving year in your in your first season, or is it some other point? And what's kind of the lowest low when you look back at the career? Because the, the, the lows always stick out for the highs because it motivates you. Those lows yeah. do. So what, what kind of sticks out to you? Um, I, Just the way we finished that senior year, not even the TCU game, just because we were so beat up. Um, But losing to LSU and then everybody thinking I just walked off the field. But, I mean, I didn't walk off the field. My heart was just ripped out. You know, we're, we're, we're number three or, or whatever we were in the country. And you just get beat and your heart's ripped out. I mean, I'm not even thinking about there's 1.2 seconds left on the clock. You know, my, my heart's just ripped out of me, and all I want to do is go be in the locker room with my, with my teammates. And that, that was frustrating that people just thought, because 
you ask anybody, you watch me play, I'm never going to quit on my team. That was just me, like, it was almost like you blacked out after, after I threw the interception, and I just, I was done, you know. I, my heart broke out. I don't want to be on the sideline. I don't want to go shake anybody's hand. You know, they didn't beat us. Um, so that that was tough that people were, you know, tweeting me, I quit on my team and stuff like that, and that wasn't it at all. What did you but, see you on know, that play? Was, man. <laughs> um, you get asked so, that all the time, don't you? Yeah, and here's what happened, man. I'm I'm on the sideline. I'm I, my helmet's off. I think we're going to kick the field goal. You know, I'm holding hands with everybody. Um, I'm sitting on the bench, and I start hearing my name. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What do y'all need me for? You know, and so I, I go running on the field, grab my helmet, run on the field. Coach tells me, "Hey, hit Laquan. If it's not Laquan, you need to throw it out of bounds." Okay. So this is that. This is me running on the field. You know, for the last play of the game, a hundred and whatever thousand. Um, so Quan runs his route a little bit deeper to where the corner kind of, kind of takes it. I see it's one high. Now looking back, I could have took that shot. Um, I tried to throw it a little low so that Cody could come back to it and he would have made a play. He would have won the game. But all I should have done was look the safety off, um, and kept him in the middle of the field for a little bit longer. And then, you know, we may have had the greatest play in, or not the greatest, but one of the best plays in the history of Ole Miss. And, um, you know, that game really stays with me because, you know, I always wonder. There were so many factors into it, but at the end of the day, I should have just thrown that ball out of bounds and let Gary go out and kick it and do whatever he wanted to do. But, um, you know, that that's how it went down. What would Coach Bo have said to uh, Bo Wallace, the quarterback? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've never had that situation. But um, probably not the nice things that Coach Free said. You know, that, I mean <laughs> – Probably a couple cuss words and things like that. But, um, you know, I'm 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 glad Coach doesn't cuss. <laughs> that game that game was tough because my God, the injuries to everything that yeah. played into that game was just brutal. But to to better things, uh, I, I can't let you go without asking about Doctor Bo. Where did that originate from, and did you like the nickname? Nah, I, it was better than Good Bo Bad Bo. I'll tell you that. I'd rather be called <laughs> Doctor Bo than Good Bo Bad Bo. So. And I have no idea where it originated, but, you know, it was better than the other nickname. Did you embrace it? Um, I mean, I embraced, I didn't em- embrace either one. I, by the end of my senior year, I had been playing so long, I had learned to not listen to anything that the media said. Because, I mean, listen, the, the media controls everything. So if they want to make that narrative review, then that's what the average college football fan who watches college football live and doesn't watch the films, who doesn't watch the games – then if they want to create that narrative, that's what everybody believes. But, you know, I, I watched the film of other quarterbacks, and, you know, I, I knew what I was, and um, I definitely don't think that I deserve the, the moniker of good bow, bad bow. Um, so, you know, that was frustrating. But, but by, by my senior year, I learned, you know, the media is going to do what they want to do, and they're going to create the narrative they want to create. You know, I just got to go out and win games. Well, I, I understand why you felt that way because I was in the room when an AL.com reporter asked you a question and he took it completely out of context and kind of kind of rattled your cage a little bit. That one, that one made you mad. I was like, yeah, I can understand. Yeah, and then for it to be on ESPN before the games and everybody thinks I said that, that's why I beat Alabama my senior year was the best feeling that I've ever had. Is You know, I looked up in the stands and all those fans were crying. And, you know, I remember the year before those same fans were tweeting me saying – I can't believe you would say that. Well, what, what am I supposed to say? That, oh, we don't have a shot against Alabama? No, I'm, not, I'm never going to say that. I'm going to say 
we got chance to put up. We we, we can score on you. And I mean, who who are y'all to think that because I say that my team can score on y'all that I'm crazy or something like that? And and they they saw the next year that that's exactly what happened. Yeah, dude framed it up like you were giving bulletin board material, which was absurd. Because again, I was in the room. Yeah. I heard the question. Yeah. You just, and and I, I would venture to say that every quarterback in the country would say, yeah, of course we believe we have a chance to win. And of course I, yeah. I, have, I have confidence in my players, but yeah, whatever it is. Um, um, what's the relationship to Ole Miss now? And what are your kind of thoughts on this year? And I guess everything that's going on with it. Man, we still got to have some athletes, you know, it's going to be up to the defense to, to stop guys, but you know, I'll be supporting them and I'll be at games. And um, I mean, I'll be a rebel to the day I die. Well, Bo, I appreciate the time, man. He's former Ole Miss quarterback, Bo Wallace. Best of luck the rest of the way, man, and uh, we'll definitely catch up soon. Yes, sir. I appreciate it.